You are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario, and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? What is good with y'all? It's your girl, John Nam, right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA and other combat sports, too. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes and how they all got started in the game and, of course, where they are now. So what is good, everybody? I hope everybody's been having a fantastic day and a phenomenal week so far. Happy holidays, everyone. I hope all of y'all have been getting into the holiday spirit and just uh, taking those little moments out of your day to do holiday and like festive stuff. So, yeah. Okay. So for me personally, (laughs) today I finished my last day of like practical hands-on work in my lab for this semester of my grad school or grad program rather. And so from tomorrow on, I have the days off, which I'm so excited about. So you already know what I'm going to be busy doing, you know, besides all the writing and the the conventional (laughs) uh, grad school stuff that a grad student will do. I am so excited to actually dive deep into all the stuff that I was telling you guys about over past episodes. Some of the fun and entertaining things they could be doing combat sports wise, you know, if it's a podcast like binge listening podcasts or binge watching classic uh, combat sports movies or just uh, watching some iconic uh combat sports fights over the holidays you know all that good stuff so you already know starting tonight i'm gonna pull an all-nighter just doing all that good stuff and i'm just so excited for it feel like uh well first of all i feel like this whole year went by so fast it was definitely um you know i feel like we've all worked so hard over the past year to do uh things that we normally would do in a regular worlds but unfortunately we're still let it let let me remind all of us that we're still in the middle of a pandemic and you're probably thinking janon how come like yeah we've been in the pandemic for the past like two years almost now what's different about it this time well uh, i really do want to say i want to use my platform to emphasize how important it is that you guys uh, keep up your safety precautions and all the sanitation that you do normally wearing masks um, and also maintaining your social distancing because as you probably know the new variant has come and uh, it's very infectious and also contagious um, yes the symptoms have been set so far to be mild but uh, I feel like everybody needs to watch out and uh, do the best that they can so that uh, they can not only protect themselves, but also the people that they interact with on the regular, especially if you interact with elders and um, immunosusceptible people. I think it's very important that you take those safety precautions still. 
and uh, just be careful so yeah i'm not trying to lecture anybody here but uh you and i know better that how serious this pandemic has been so far and uh it is very stressful and very it gets us all anxious and deep deep down the more information we're exposed to the more unknown stuff that we're exposed to but we're in this together let us not forget that but also we have to do our part to keep each other safe so please please be careful do everything that you're doing so far and even more to to be as cautious as possible sanitize wash your hands wear your mask more and uh, always maintain your social distance okay so that we protect each other from this new variant omicron okay and uh, i would actually like to use my platform to wish my good friend sydney all the best because uh, she is unwell and uh i just want to send her some good vibes using this platform so get well soon sydney uh yeah all uh, like tko nation is sending you a lot of good vibes right now i hope you get better and so yeah so yeah uh bottom line everybody be careful and also stay safe during the holiday season all right so Today, today we have a lot of interesting stuff to go through and reminisce about regarding the last pay-per-view card of the year that happened with the UFC. Of course, I'm talking about UFC 269 that was headlined by an awesome lightweight championship bout between Charles Oliveira and Dustin Poirier and co-main evented by a championship bout between Amanda Nunes and Juliana Pena. So there was actually a lot of uh, action on this whole card. Uh, We are going to be taking you through all the fights that happened on the main card. It was definitely one of the best um, overall fight cards that I have seen this whole year. I feel like it was definitely worth my while and... uh, I was very surprised. Like, I'm not going to lie. I was very surprised with the level of talent that was uh, shown on this card. And everybody just put out their absolute best, which was phenomenal. And uh, we had a couple surprises on this card. And if you did catch up with this uh, uh, main card, you probably know which particular bout I'm talking about here. The world was shook in a sense that uh, the biggest favorite on this whole fight card actually lost so i'll talk about that in more detail (laughs) so a lot of interesting stuff went down for ufc 269 and you know that just goes to show how unpredictable the sport of mixed martial art mixed martial arts excuse me is but also um how like that's actually one of the elements that adds on to its excitement right because you don't know regardless of how dominant if for, for example how dominant a champion has been over the years uh, it doesn't matter they could uh have a minor mistake on fight night and everything will go really really bad really really soon and the world would be shook so that's just the nature of combat sports and uh you know like there's nothing that can prevent that from happening so it is indeed one of the most um uh, one of the most dynamic sports ever right now on the face of the planet 
one of the main reasons why again that um there's so many fans watching it uh all the time and i feel like we're gaining more fans like the rate of gaining fans for any sport i think is the highest for mma because of how exciting and dynamic it is with things like that because of how unpredictable it is as well of course so yeah so we had a lot of surprising stuff happening on ufc 269 so we're gonna be mainly talking about that what else um i'm just yeah personally i'm just so happy that i have the rest of this year off and uh again Happy holidays, everyone, and I hope you all take time out of your uh, weeks and the days that are left over for 2021 to actually relax and spend time with your family, friends, and loved ones because the moments count. And uh, uh, not to be like pessimistic or anything, but use your moments with uh, the people that you care about they might not be there forever. So yeah, just enjoy yourself. Enjoy your company with the people that you care about and enjoy life. All right, that's that. So now without further ado, let's get started with this uh, UFC 269 reminiscing. Okay, so okay, I really have to, I'm sorry, I have to address the elephant in the room, which is the bantamweight championship fight that happened between Amanda Nunes and Juliana Pena. So if you didn't watch UFC 269 and you weren't really in the in the loop of it all, you're probably thinking, what happened, right? So, Ju- okay, so Juliana, pa- excuse me, Juliana Pena uh, was a huge underdog coming into this fight against the bantamweight champion. Amanda Nunes. So Amanda Nunes is not only the bantamweight champion, she's also the featherweight champion. She is currently the only double champion in women's MMA, which is unbelievable. And not only that, but she is undefeated for many, many fight streaks, which makes her even more dominant. So when we think about the greatest woman fighter of all time, Amanda Nunes, the name of Amanda Nunes is that 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 actually comes to mind. Like the first name that comes to mind is Amanda Nunes because of all the accomplishments that she's had so far and the sport and just her dominance. And the fact that to date, we just thought that nobody was able to defeat her style of fighting because of how good and um in incomparable her style was right so what happened on saturday night well amanda nunez actually okay so amanda nunez was also the biggest favorite on this fight card being in minus 1000 meaning that you would have to put in one thousand dollars for you to win one hundred dollars right she was just the biggest favorite on this fight card nobody doubt it from the numbers if you are huge on betting and odd making that tells you that no like everybody was just counting on amanda nunes to win it means that you're just that sure that she is gonna conquer um over juliana pena in this fight you don't care how much money you put down because you're sure that at the end of the night you're gonna get it back and even win a hundred dollars more right so okay that's what everybody thought right 
what did I tell you earlier this episode? Well, MMA is just so unpredictable. And something like a phrase that I always say, which I think is absolutely brilliant, is that the MMA math almost never works out. You can be analyzing someone's statistical um, achievements and look at their most recent wins and the people that they have won against, such and such and such. And somebody's resume might look just, just pristine and so, so good and dominant. And then when it comes to fight night, some things might happen and it is the exact 180 of what you expected. Okay, so this is what happened like prior to coming to the, coming into this fight for both of these ladies. So, like I said, Amanda Nunes uh, had been on 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 a um very big win streak for both featherweight and bantamweight division. She defeated many notable people like Ronda Rousey, like Valentina Shevchenko, like uh, Chris Cyborg, you know, the biggest names that come to your minds. And and these two weight divisions, when you think about women's MMA, okay, and Amanda Nunes defeated these people very dominantly. uh, And uh, Again, like that just uh, goes to show how um, powerful she has been in all of her fights, okay? And yeah, like I said, nobody really expected her to do anything otherwise for this upcoming fight as well, especially because Juliana Pena, she had been in the UFC for a while, but um, Amanda Nunes had more MMA experience compared to Juliana Pena. Juliana Pena... She started out her uh, professional MMA career as as a contestant in the Ultimate Fighter reality show when Ronda Rousey and Misha Tate were the head coaches for the Ultimate Fighter and Juliana Pena was fighting for Team Misha Tate. So the way the Ultimate Fighter works, for those of you who haven't watched the show, it's like two... Um, two main figures in the UFC like actual pro MMA fighters they like they construct their own teams of fighters like upcoming prospects and whatnot they like select their teammates right and they coach and mentor the people that train under them so in this case Juliana Pena was being mentored and coached by Misha Tate for that particular season of the ultimate fighter and then people keep fighting each other if you win you move on to the next round if you lose you're gone kind of like forever and then it's um it's almost like a tournament so there's at the end of it there's only one person left one fighter left from each team and they get to fight each other for this ultimate about to for for them to realize who the ultimate fighter is right and the ultimate fighter the person who wins that final bout gets a ultimate fighting championship contract so they get a ufc contract right it all makes sense now right so juliana pena i believe she performed really really well and she won um the ultimate fighter that season so she got a ufc contract also that's not like the exception like 
there have been cases that people who were eliminated from the show later came back with a UFC contract, but that's, you know, they got it from a different way. They got their contract from a different way. Anyway, so that's how Jillian Pena was introduced into the UFC. But Amanda Nunes, um, she has a long history of fighting professional MMA. She used to fight in Invicta, which is the women's... MMA um, professional league, which is very, um, it has been a, a, around for a while. And that's how she originally got introduced into professional MMA. And then she later got a contract with the UFC. So, you know, um, not trying to compare, like, I'm not trying to say like one person is a veteran, one person is not, like one person is more new to the sport. I feel like that doesn't really matter when you have to compare how each person performs on the actual fight night, right? Like, I just told you that Amanda Nunes had notable wins against such notable fighters. But what is like what happened after all that, right? Well, what happened was that this past Saturday, everybody was expecting Amanda Nunes, the dominant champion, to win. But what actually happened was that Julian Pena, she saw that this was her shot at getting the women's bantamweight belt in the UFC, the thing that she had been working towards for years. And obviously coming into this fight, she already expected how dominant Amanda Nunes was going to be. So what type of attitude would you choose going into this fight, the, the fight that is going to determine your future as a professional, like an elite professional fighter. Would you just, uh, you know, try to just uh, play it safe and cautious, especially because it's a five round championship fight? Or would you just put it all out there and do something that uh, is going to be going like, head-to-head against the style of the person that you're fighting against. So what do I mean by that? Amanda Nunes is notorious for having a darn, (laughs) darn accurate uh, striking. And her striking is pretty much unbeatable. Not only is her striking accurate, but also she delivers a lot of power with every shot and she has this like uh, bulldozer like uh, type of striking. So when she starts throwing shots at you, she wouldn't stop. And you're just so overwhelmed by those shots. And you see all that happening to you and you just give up, right? You see that coming towards you from a mile away. And in your head, you're like, oh, gosh, uh, I see this going down bad. Right. That's what happens when you fight against Amanda Nunes. But what happened was that uh, Juliana Pena saw that happening in the first round. She was even taken to the ground by Amanda Nunes. She was completely dominated by Amanda Nunes in the first round. But when she um, rose back from her stool to start the second round, felt like something had changed real dramatically inside her head because this time around she was actually doing what Amanda Nunes was doing. She was reciprocating uh, Amanda's style uh, right in front of her. 
right? So she now she was trying to outbox and outstrike Amanda, which Amanda didn't really expect because Amanda just expected, okay, like my opponent, she probably knows that um, this is how good I am when it comes to boxing and striking. So they're definitely not going to do like uh, play my own game against me, right? But Juliana Pena did just that. And it was like a counter strike because again, Nunes was not expecting that at all. She was stunned and you can definitely see the stun in her face when Julia Pena started unleashing those powerful shots in the second round against Nunes. And oh boy, okay, so Nunes... So like she was she was absorbing a lot of shots. She was stunned. She didn't have proper defense. She still went ahead with um her dominant striking though. Like uh it, it felt like her automatic response was to okay, it doesn't matter. Like I can take as many shots as possible if needed, but I just have to show this girl, this fighter that um, I'm the person who's dominant in this style of fighting. Like, I'll have to show my dominance in this way as well, right? Like, I feel like she got a little bit arrogant while she was absorbing those shots from Pena. Instead of, after after uh, absorbing a few shots, instead of actually stepping back and try to fight defensive, at least for the rest of that round, she kept absorbing those shots, but she would not even move uh, move a, move away from Amanda pretty much she wouldn't even demonstrate head movement she was just there trying to instead put more pressure on um uh, Juliana by doing her same old you know um striking but at the same time she was absorbing so many shots so I see where she was coming from but I feel like as a champion she should have just uh, at least played it a little bit defensive for the rest of that round, gone back to her corner, talked super quick with her coaches for like a proposal of a different strategy because this, again, this was not something that anybody expected from Juliana Pena to play Amanda Nunes' own game against her. Nobody was expecting that. So if I were Amanda Nunes, I would have tried to... Uh, even if it was for a few minutes, I would have tried to play it defensively as opposed to get arrogant and just uh, try to show my dominance instead when I'm getting hit still by my opponent, if that makes sense. So Amanda, she absorbed all those shots. She was a little bit wobbly while she was stunned. She went down to the ground and Juliana saw that opening, that golden opportunity. She jumped on her back and submitted her rear naked choke. And boom, Amanda tapped, and here we go. And new, uh, the women's bantamweight champion, Juliana Pena, who uh, defeated the most dominant women's MMA champion, period, Amanda Nunes. And Nunes, like, actually admitted that, okay, like, I, I, like, I give her props. I give Juliana props. It was my mistake. I'm going to go back into the gym and train harder. You know, all that stuff, the the attitude that she had was very admirable, so good for her. But everything that I just said, I want you to appreciate how, again, how unpredictable the sport is, but also how uh, important it is that you act on those small, even if it's like a small intuitive 
decision that you think about right away. You have to jump on it. And you have to think about the outcomes in the long term in a fight, especially when you're at such a high level like Amanda Nunes. I feel like she should have played it a little bit more logically, um, at least like the intuitive decision being that, oh, I'm getting hurt, like I'm getting punched in the face. So at least I can try to like demonstrate a little bit of head movement or try to... Um, uh, like up my footwork so that I'm able to like shuffle away from my opponent's strikes or try to like shoot for a takedown something that will just like free me and liberate me from getting punched in the face like this even if it is for a couple minutes till the end of that round I'll have to do what I gotta do to keep safe and then for the rest of the fight I'll think of something else I'll think of another strategy to to neutralize whatever my opponent is doing and again to be fair um okay to play devil's advocate to my own argument i do have to admit when you're in the cage <laughs> fighting a real person just going 100 percent primal like in terms of fighting against your opponent first of all number one it is pretty scary number two um okay we can't really uh play everything according to what we thought was correct when we don't know what is actually going on inside of amanda's head or with what level level of uh, mental preparedness amanda actually came into this fight with and yeah so we can't really like there's so many other things so many confounders that we can't really um um empath empathize with because we weren't there we weren't amanda nunes so we can't really say for sure but speaking from the perspective perspective of someone who's like analyzing it all after it's all happened, um, this is my perspective. And yeah, but I'm also saying I'm definitely giving props to Amanda for like that was her response. And it is what it is like what happened happened. It's all in the past. I'm sure that she'll definitely be back stronger and mistakes do happen. Uh, not going to lie. But, you know, if I were to run this fight again like run it back again for a rematch i feel like these are some of the things that amanda needs to be more mindful about in case they do fight again and and uh, juliana is just uh coming at her again with a dominant striking uh, style which is amanda's forte if amanda sees that i feel like she definitely needs to come up with a alternate strategy and not just stand there and uh be be punched in the face pretty much but props to both ladies i'm a huge fan of both of them and uh it was just really exciting to watch but also it goes to show how beautiful a sport is because of how unpredictable it is and also because of the fact that um it shows you that if you're smart enough in that you see the opportunity, like the small openings and the opportunities that are presented to you, there's a, um, like you will be rewarded in the sport and you just have to keep fighting smart and keep fighting hard. Uh, that's one of the realities of modern day MMA, especially. Uh, but yeah, 
uh, it, it was just really, really beautiful to watch this fight. And uh, this was like the biggest fight that I really want to break down. And I'm so happy that I actually had enough time to talk about it in so much detail. And also, um, uh, I just want to briefly talk about the main event between Charles Oliveira and Dustin Poirier. So Charles Oliveira was able to maintain his lightweight crown and uh, he fought very, um, very dominant as well. He was able to submit Dustin Poirier in the third round in a way that he, we were all used to seeing Charles doing. Charles comes from a very strong Brazilian jiu-jitsu background. So to see him go back to his roots for this fight and... Uh, Submit Dustin Poirier the way he did, pretty much like mid-air. He just jumped on his back and submitted him rear naked choke-wise. And uh, it was very dominant, very smooth in terms of movement and technicality. It was awesome to watch. Overall, I want to give props to everybody who fought on this UFC 269 fight card. And UFC 270 is going to be held in the new year in January uh, which is going to be headlined by a heavyweight championship bout between Francis Ngannou and uh, Cyril Gunn. So that fight is also going to be interesting. But for now, this was the last pay-per-view card of the year. And it was definitely worth everybody's while. So many awesome fights. So much entertainment. So many memories. All right. Ooh, I'm just looking at the clock right now. Unfortunately, that is all the time we're going to be having for this week, y'all. Make sure you go to CFRU.ca to catch up with previous episodes. You can also go to Apple Podcasts and Spotify to download our previous episodes. And until next time, it's your girl Janan right here. And this is TKO. Peace out and stay safe, y'all.